You're getting that keto status going. To be fair, ballpark 20% of my life has been spent looking for cheese dip. Let me tell you this, Clint. If a stray bird had somehow flown too low, we would have had a Randy Johnson situation. Justin Fields would have obliterated a, a hawk, uh, a condor. All I, he- I heard a shred of optimism and I just ran with it. Look, here's the deal, people. I know you need an excuse to get away from your family. Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. Clint, week 11 is in the books. Week 12, I guess it is, technically. Um, we're here. It's the last week of the regular season. Mm-hmm. It's it's nearly December. I'm gonna I'm just gonna start with a very straightforward question to you. How does it feel to cheer for a team that is relevant to the college football world in December? Daniel, I don't know if you could ask for something better. It really is. I was watching football games this weekend. And I was watching Tennessee, Missouri, which hmm. can we just start? Can we start? <laughs> Could we just did a did a fifty piece get hung on Tennessee at at home? Daniel, I thought uh, Dan Mullen and our boy Jeremy Pruitt were in the running for co coach of the year in the SEC. Wasn't that something that was happening? That was something that was happening, but then. Old Orange Pants McGee, yep, rolled into town on his new on his brand new horse named Drew, and Orange Pants McGee uh, put fifty on him, just fifty, put fifty points right in their eye hole. Jeremy Pruitt, uh, I believe he's an offensive coach or a defensive coach. Clint, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, wait, oh, wait a second. He he hmm. tries to stop the other team and game plan them from not getting close to 50. Maybe hovering hmm. around somewhere to 14 to 21 would be more ideal for him. Uh, how did he yeah. do with that, he did. Daniel? Uh, poor. 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 Fighting for his bowl life against Vandy this week. Oh, gosh. That's have you, so have good. you ever cheered for Vandy harder in your entire life? You know, Bulldog fans. Uh, is the game is the game in the pit known as Knoxville, or is it in the absent bowl stadium of Vandy? <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know. I don't know uh, either. I have no idea. If I could just beg all you Nashvillians to get out there for me and cheer so hard for the fighting Commodore, golly, please do so. Gosh. Um... Uh... Yeah, I was watching games this weekend, though, Clint, and I was remembering. I was remembering what it felt like in mid-October mm-hmm. to suffer that cataclysmic second loss. 
that Ooh. eliminates you from contention for any remote. You know, when you lose to that second SEC East team, and and then you spend the rest of the season hoping that nine different tiebreaker scenarios play out so that somehow your 22nd ranked Georgia team can squeak into the SEC championship game. That's what that's, that's not what we're doing here, Daniel. That's not this. That's year. what. That's what we did for so many years. No, not anymore. And here we are sitting on sitting at ten and one. Nobody's talking about ten and one. Nope. Nobody gives a rip about ten and one. I'm fine. You talk about other people all day long. Writers. We're prognosticators. We're, we're talking about Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about the SEC title game for a shot to go back to the college football play. Man, it's good. It's, it's so good, good right now to be a Georgia fan. Yes, it is. It's very good. Uh, Clint, we got, I'd say we got, we got a neat three pack we do. of subjects to talk about here on the show. We're going to try to keep it tight. Um, that's going to go poorly. Just going to go ahead oh, right off the bat. Look, so here's we've the deal. already talked about Tennessee. We're, <laughs> we're four minutes into the pod and we've already talked about yeah. Tennessee. So yeah. that was the, not on our three pack. The phrase orange pants McGee was used. I mean, just what are you going to do at that point? Well, you just you're gonna take it. If you uh, took the over under of three minutes where our podcast gets <laughs> off the rails, you you would be this, doing yourself a favor to always take that under. Take the under. <laughs> take the under. Um, all right, so we want to go. We want to look back at the UMass game. There's mm-hmm. actually weirdly plenty to talk about from that game. I mean. Plenty Plin- to talk about. We could spend there the was- entire podcast just talking about UMass. We're not going to. We got three pack, but we could because there is so much meat on that bone. Yeah, there was nothing to talk about going into the game. There's plenty to talk about coming out of the game. Uh, so we're going to play a little a little name game and talking about the UMass game, uh, and then we're going to jump ahead. We're just going to go. We're going to double down. Sometimes you're on a diet, Clint, mm-hmm. and you're on a cleanse, so to speak. Ooh. And you're getting that keto status going. You walk through the kitchen, and what what should you see but a box of Krispy Kreme donuts? Oh, no. A a giant bowl of cheese dip just right there in front of you. And um, last week, that's what happened to us. We said we're not going to talk about the SEC championship game until the week of the SEC championship game. We're on a cleanse. And then that bowl of cheese dip just... It was too much. You know, for us in to all resist. in all fairness to who left the cheese dip on the counter, it wasn't as though they left it on the counter. Daniel, let's just call it what it is. You and I went looking we for put, the cheese dip. We, we put it on the counter. We did. I set you up, you set me up. We were just kind of waiting. We knew it was inevit- inevitable. Yeah. Uh, so why why try to force it? To be fair, ballpark 20% of my life has been spent looking for cheese dip. And and so I'm not that's not it's not that that's not out of the ordinary for no. me. No. Uh, under any circumstances. So uh, we're going to dive back into that well. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about the SEC Championship game. Um, uh, so we'll give a few thoughts on that. And then uh, we will finish the show today by talking about um, the North Avenue Trade School that we will play this week. What are, um, What is Georgia Tech technically sound at daniel like what what is the tech the technology center that is the the rambling wreckage rust bucket they they are and i quote a hell 
of an engineer. <laughs> to 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 quote their to quote their okay catchy okay. little song. Okay. Um. Also, they sing they sing a Budweiser a song about Budweiser. Uh, too. But uh, it is it is an it's an engine. The funniest I find it hilarious that listen, Georgia fans, let's we call it what it is. Twenty five years ago, there was a legitimate discrepancy between the academic standards at Georgia and the academic standards at Georgia Tech. Okay. Okay. There there was a legitimate. I'm not. If you went to Georgia, I'm not saying. You're dumb. 25 years ago, I'm just saying that in general, the academic standards at Georgia were less than the academic standards at Georgia Tech. Sure, but that is not the case. Anymore. No, that is not the case at all. The business school, the journalism school, the law school at the University of Georgia are among the best in the world. The University of Georgia is uh, perennially on lists of top 10, top 15 institutions of higher learning. Uh, And yet, for some reason, in the mind of every Georgia Tech fan, there's still this, like, well, you're good at sports, but that's because you're dumb and we're smart. Yeah. Uh, It's just so not the case anymore. Uh, It's just that Georgia Tech is a trade school. It's It's where you go and you learn to put wires together. Um. And that's and that's it. So if you want to do that, hey, look, if there's any if there's any G Tech alumni in the Portland area that want to come help me with wiring, I actually do need your services um, <laughs> for some wiring issues. So I'm not even denigrating you. I'm just saying, no, uh, right. we could talk about the triple option while we <laughs> while we fix my lamp. And you could tell me all about how Citadel and you are just championing the world for the triple option. And look, if if it was last week, I would have been right with you saying, absolutely, give me some more Citadel. Uh, but not this week, Rambling Wreckage. Just don't. Yeah, so we're going to – we'll we'll end the podcast there. So that's our three-pack. Uh, clearly, as you can see, we're going to keep it tight today. We are not going to get <laughs> – We're not going to get up the rails. No, we're 20, not going to talk about 20% home improvement <laughs> projects. Yeah. Uh, at all. We're not going to solicit right. for trades. Okay. Uh, Daniel. This game let's talk was about UMass. Let's talk about UMass. This game was actually wildly interesting on a lot of different fronts. And I think the thing that we should do most is we should give out I I, I want to give you some names. You should give me some names. And I want to talk through our reaction to these names after UMass. Okay. I think we could agree that this game elicited a lot of emotions from Georgia oh, fans. Guys, okay? if if there you were... were sleeping during this game, if you turned off after midway through the second, you missed out on some gold nuggets. There's a lot of feelings that uh-huh. we all felt. And and in a game like UMass, normally you don't feel all that many feelings, but in a game like this, uh there were a lot of feelings. So yeah, you you give me a name, I'll give you a name, and then we'll just We'll process our feelings okay. out loud. So why, why don't you kick us off? Give it, give us the first name on your list there. Glenn. First name, Daniel. Otis Reese. He's also the first name on my list. Uh, <laughs> listen, Georgia fans, I know you want to talk about some other people, but <laughs> can we can we just for a minute? This this man, Otis Reese, and let me just tell you, you ain't seen the best of Otis Reese because this week. Ooh. Otis Reese is going to get him something to eat this week. This week, 
Otis Reese may not come off the field for the entire game. Okay, 17 is going to be out there, and he's going to be putting his face mask in your face mask, and you're going to quit. That's what's going to happen with Otis Reese. Daniel, Otis is asking Coach this. He goes, okay, okay, Coach Coach Tucker, let me get this right. Let me, I get to line up in the box, and I key off that one guy right there. And you tell me. I just have one assignment. I, I And where he moves, I move with him with all my might to bash him as hard as I can. You're telling me that's my only assignment this week? And and just so we're clear, they're never going to throw the football? Is that what you're saying to me? Just so, just so, Richard LeCount's going to have just the most boring day in the entire world floating back there. Is that what you're saying, Coach? And that's all my job? But again, just to clarify, that guy, that's my assignment, I get to hit him no matter what. On every play? On Is every that what play. you're telling me? Because he's going to fake something or have the ball. Don't matter. I get to hit him. Uh, okay. Okay, Coach. I, okay. I think I think you're I think you're messing with me, but I'll do it. Listen, guys. Otis Reese is quickly becoming – I'm just going to tell you this right now. In two years, Otis Reese is going to be my favorite Georgia Bulldog, and it's not even going to be close. He's already ascending the list. Uh, he, will also, he will also block every kick of the 2021 season. <laughs> Every single kick will be blocked that by Otis guy. Reese. Did you see that picture, by the way? I don't remember who posted it on Twitter. One of the one of the sports writers uh, posted a pic. It might have been Roddy or somebody. But uh, uh, Walter Grant almost got a kick in this almost. game. Almost. His hand was so close to a kick. Anyway, uh, man, Otis Reese. God, that guy brings the bad intentions. It just, I'm telling you, I told you this during the game. Mm-hmm. And this is the best way to encapsulate it for me. And, and I'm not, I don't want to go off the rails. But watching him, I, I get Thomas Davis feelings. Mm. I start to feel Thomas Davis-like feelings. Because you remember coming in, you know, he was recruited at Michigan to play linebacker. Yeah. And we recruited him to play safety. He flipped from Michigan to Georgia. And we have him at safety. Thomas Davis was a, was a safety in... At Georgia, put on uh, NFL wanted to put on a little bit of weight. He he had a decent career, maybe as a linebacker uh, in the yeah. NFL. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, um, I'm telling you, Otis Reese. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a similar trajectory where we play him as safety, but then he gets to the NFL. He's playing inside linebacker, but uh, God, that guy just brings the bad intentions. He brings the hit stick on every play. Mm-hmm. I love him. I. I I feel all the feelings. I love this. Uh, Clint, let me give you. I feel like you did that just for me. I I did, so Daniel. I, I want to do that. I want to do something just for you, Clint. What about what about James Cook? What about what about James Cook, Clint? Uh, listen here. I haven't seen Zeus suit up. I know we got Swift, and I know my boy Elijah's still there. We have a. You've stable. seen him. You've you've seen him suit up in that black turtleneck. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, that is correct. Just he he come down the street in that black turtleneck with a cane with a skull on the top of it. I'm ninety yeah. percent sure he was holding in his hand. <laughs> he uh, uh, he's taking a playbook out of uh, Steve Jobs and saying, "Who wore it better? Oh yes, this man with all yeah. all the all the core muscle you can ever get." Um, no, Daniel Cook is going to be. The untouchable mm-hmm. running back in the SEC mm-hmm. in a year. Mm-hmm. If you did not see, guys, he, 
Mm. This is not mm. a downplay. I'm not. I'm not denigrating Cook. I'm not saying anything bad about his effort even here. He looks bored running, and that's yeah. not because he's not trying hard. He is. Just when he looks like he's running, he is at 50% speed of everybody else, including players on his own team. And he is as smooth as silk. He can transition on a dime. The guy does not look like you've seen other other people who look so violent when they run. And mm-hmm. and you, you mm-hmm. like that. That's good. But James Cook, when he runs, uh, appears if, if, if there's just like three inches above the grass in him and he's on some like UFO skates, just kind of mm-hmm. gliding around out there. And it's magical. Oh, it's so that, magical. That second touchdown run he had was unreal. Look, I know. Look, the best run of the year for the University of Georgia was DeAndre Swift in the Kentucky game. When Hands down. He, uh, when he made three people miss and then ran through two people into the end zone. And that game was for the SEC East against a top 10 at the time team, against a great rushing defense, supposedly. Uh, all the pressure, all the... what, And so, uh, not taking anything away from that run. But no. James, if it wasn't against UMass, that second touchdown run James Cook had was objectively better. It was objectively better than that run except for the fact that it was against UMass. And so you yeah. you don't actually believe that those guys are any good. And so uh, it, it, it loses a little bit of its luster. But he made a cut there in the middle uh-huh. of that run where he changed directions. And yeah, you're right. It looked as if he wasn't running. Correct. You know, Swift makes these violent foot-in-the-ground cuts, and then he's the other direction. It literally looked like James Cook was was not even touching the ground that nope. he was just sort of floating through the air i mean that Do guy's you... going to be a problem he's going to oh, be a problem sec teams are are just crapping the bed thinking about how to stop him and everybody else next year they're already crapping the bed thinking how to stop our already skilled positions once he gets more playing time it's it's scary Do you ever, uh yeah. i think it's oceans 12 or oceans 13 i forget which one there's so many of them they're uh, all the same they're all the same but there's one in which there's a, a, a bank robber or like the, the Parisian that's French. All, that's all of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, but he's French and he steals the, uh, the egg from the vault and there's all the lasers, you know, going around. Mm-hmm. And he puts in his headphones and he's just kind of like dancing through the lasers as if they mm-hmm. are not there and he doesn't even care. Uh, that's James Cook. Just yeah. like he's on his own choreography. That's, that's He's, he's, he's going to be exciting. He, he yeah. brings. He brings, to quote another movie, a very unique set of skills mm. to the table. And and it just feels like the more this staff becomes comfortable with him, the more you're going to start to see that unique set of skills employed mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And and he's only going to put on weight. He's only going to put on, you know, it's just, it's going to get ugly. It's going to mm-hmm. get ugly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. Um, all right, Daniel. who's the next name on your list, Clint? Who you got? Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna set you up some more, Daniel. We're, we're three, we're three names in. Clint <laughs> feels like we're gonna what? start to lose listeners. We're gonna start yeah. to lose listeners. Yeah. Uh, warning, warning, war- warning, warning. We have pet projects and we like them, and you should too. Here's here's why. Uh, let's go. 
our boy Tyndall. Oh wow! This is you're still we're we're making we're gonna make you wait for it. We are yeah. listeners. We know <laughs> we know what you listen, want. We know what you want. And listen, we want it too. But um, uh, listen, Channing Tyndall. Can we do a combo? Yeah. Can we do a combo? Can I give you a name? Please. Can we talk about together as if they're one person? Can we talk oh. about Channing Tyndall and Adam Anderson? No, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't because my love for Adam Anderson requires that we give him his own 10-minute segment. Okay. But yes, Listen, for, for the time being, Tindall, let's combine Channing Tyndall is fantastic. Um, I Again, this is. I think you're going to see him. I think you're going to see heavy rotation at the inside yes. linebacker position this week. Um, I think you're going to see some unique personnel packages this week where we have just you know because you don't have to rush the passer like we need our best tacklers on the field and and sure deandre walker is one of our best tacklers and so he's definitely going to be on the field but but some of these other guys at outside backer may not be on the field we may have you know three or four middle linebackers on the field at a time uh in some of these formations and so Tyndall's going to get a lot of play this week He's another guy, just like Otis. Those two guys up the middle. He is um, fast, and he hits hard, and he is physical, and he sheds blockers. He is. He's so fast. He's, he is so fast, Daniel. He's, he's so lightning fast. quick. No, I love him. Okay, love him. Adam Anderson. But, let but me talk to me about Adam. Anderson. Oh, I will oh. talk your ear off about Adam Anderson. Hey, Britton Cox, love you. Welcome. Glad you're here. Adam Anderson is going to brew someone's sternum. To the point mm-hmm. where they're going to have trouble breathing on their mm-hmm. own. Yep. yep. He is, he's going to injure somebody. It's going yep. to be so bad. He's going to do so on a on the biggest stage. The guy is just a baller. And I'm sure he practices and prepares well. But every time he's on the field, my eyes go to him. I mean, that's, that's what I can say. Every single time I see him on the field, mm-hmm. my eyes go directly to the his side of the ball. And I say, I'm about to see something special. Adam Anderson gave me all the feels in this game. And again, UMass, I know, but you're supposed to do this against inferior opponents. Like it should excite you like this and it should bring you these feels. And he did not disappoint. Talk about rotation. Uh, not even, not even pass rush. Cause Daniel, he looks to be about the same weight as James Cook right now. Uh, yep. uh, and Adam Anderson is only going to put on weight. And, but, but even right now he is obliterating blockers. And he came straight up the middle on one of those plays. Just I don't know where he came from. I don't know. Was he? Did he just spawn there in the yeah. middle of the line? Was yeah. he laying down behind someone and just wasn't seen? Correct. He Sniper said, on the grassy knoll, and he pops up and he starts running. He said, Tyler Clark, stand here for me real quick. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, Adam Anderson's just gone. Yeah. And then he shot straight up the middle on a play. I mean, yeah. Adam Anderson's, that's another guy. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. All right, Daniel, since since we did a combo there, I'm going to throw another name at you. Uh, and this one's going to be a little different. So hold hold with me, fans. Andy Isabella. Old Disney princess. <laughs> number five Andy. in the program, number one in your hearts. Wide Andy receiver for Isabella. UMass, Andy Isabella. Okay, let me say this straight away. I hope this dude goes out and makes him some money next year. I do as okay? well. Georgia fans, that guy played the biggest game of his life. In the he final game in, of his life. He at, well, at the I think they played him next week. Yeah. I mean, I, I think 
They'll, I don't. I don't. I think they're. Do they not play next? Week? I thought that's what I heard on the broadcast. I think. Yeah, keep talking. I'll find out. But I think they're. Either way, there's yeah. no way that this is the biggest venue he's ever been in. This is the biggest moment he's ever been in. And bro came in here and received for 250 yards against Georgia. Correct. Okay. Listen, son, you go make you some bank. You go catch some coin next year because the Patriots want you to be Wells Welker part two. And Golly. if he gets drafted by the Patriots, if he gets drafted by the Patriots, you draft him on your fantasy team immediately. Round because, one. Because Tom Brady is throwing that guy the ball. Yes, That's every time. That's uh, yeah, Daniel, they, they're done for the year. That was UMass's final game. Uh, and so Andy Isabella went out there and said, this is my last performance to show the world before before I don't get invite, invited to the Combine because they're not going to invite a UMass player to the Combine. So I got to show invited out. To the, I heard he got invited to the Senior Bowl, though. So he oh, is playing good. in the Senior Bowl. Fantastic. Uh, so, but, I mean, he's not going to do anything in the Senior Bowl like that. Nope. So, uh, did you hear... <laughs> Did you oh, hear on the broadcast that when the ESPN crew was interviewing their wide receivers coach and they asked, is there anyone else other than Andy Isabella we need to look out for? The wide receivers coach for of UMass, UMass. Yeah. said, nope, just watch him. Just watch and literally, it was just him just the whole game. Um, hey, Mark, hey, Mark Webb, uh, quick FYI, he's the only threat they have, bro. Go ahead, turn your hips a little sooner and get upfield. Maybe don't let him run by you. Maybe. Because, cause listen, uh, I don't... Clint, did he expose our secondary? Is that what happened in this game? Okay. It, well, let's... It's been, it's been reported. Daniel, who would say such a ludicrous, ridiculous, unfounded statement? I, I don't believe anybody with any credibility would say that, Daniel. Hmm. Okay. Oh, oh, wait, wait oh. a second. There was somebody who said that we were exposed in our secondary by Andy Isabella. Chip, hey, Chip, Chip Towers. Look, bro, you do a lot of good work. I'm happy to have you a dog fan and, and beat writer for us. But, bro, you were trying to get clicks on your link, and that's all you were trying to do. That was he not. He got him, though. He, he oh, did him. he ever. And people are Mission buying accomplished. it. Yep. Yep. Um, could I just say though, for the for the Georgia fan that wants to talk about the second and third stringers, uh, that were that we didn't get exposed by Andy Isabella, it was all the second and third stringers. Um, does Mark Webb play meaningful snaps in meaningful games, Clint? Uh, he, our rotation on defense, I think it was what 22, 23, 24. Now this yeah. game has has increased that, but we rotate guys quite a lot, Daniel. Yeah, Mark Webb is getting meaningful snaps. He is going to play against Alabama in the SEC Championship Correct. game, is he not? Correct. Okay. Does Richard LeCount get meaningful snaps on the defense? 100%. Clint? Um, Did they look awful against this guy? Awful. Awful? Awful. Okay, so, I mean, I don't know. Is Chip wrong? Chip's wrong, Daniel. Is Chip's he? wrong. Is he? Chip's, he's wrong. Daniel, he's wrong. Because I heard... You just say two of our non-scout teamers, non-third We're bad in this game. Um, got exposed 
I didn't say I didn't say they got exposed. Well, you you did. I did not. Okay. Well, it was exposed how bad they were at covering him. Uh, uh, yes, they they were not exposed. Uh, they were shown to not be. Did they have influenza? They, they were shown... Did they catch a case of the DeAndre Baker sickness? <laughs> it's, man, that's some strong, that's some strong power contagious. that it's now affecting your own teammates. Your own corners. Yeah. Uh, no, listen. Andy Isabella is a good player. I'm not downing him. He's at UMass. Guys, Andy Isabella would, would be a, a star on, a, on many, many teams. Our players were completely out of place, out of sync, out of mind on a lot of plays. They weren't exposed. You know why they weren't exposed? Because I've seen them play higher level competition in higher games, in higher demand situations, and dominate. Were they shown to be... No, dominate is correct. Well, maybe not Webb. I'm sorry. I can't... I'm not going to speak on it. I've seen Richard LeCount dominate... A couple I'm of games this year. I'm shuddering at the higher level competition comment because. So would would, would Andy just, Isabella? Let me just just let me let me say this, okay? And we're we're not talking about Alabama yet. No, it's next on the list. We still have at least one more name to get to. Yeah, yeah, um, we do. We've buried that lead far too long. But let's just. Take DeAndre Baker and can we agree Jerry Judy's the best wide receiver for Alabama? Hundred percent, without question. So let's take DeAndre Baker and Jerry Judy out of the mix. Sounds good. Okay, that leaves uh, Stokes, who we who we are not talking about. He he played it. He played a pretty good game. Yes, he did. Okay, okay. So fine. Let's take Henry Ruggs and Stokes out of the equation. I'm not saying that's an even matchup because that is ooh, that makes yeah. me nervous. But yeah. let's take him out. Who's left, Clint? Who's let me tell you who's left. Let me tell you, who's left is Richard LeCount mm-hmm. and Mark Webb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, is is Tyreek Andy not is a question? Is like uh, McGee? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, fine. Is Andy Isabella better than Waddle, the Alabama wide receiver, the freshman Alabama wide receiver Waddle? No, I dare you to no, say I'm, he is. I'm, I'm not going. You're not going to bait me into that statement. Okay. So, who are the guys that got beat badly in this game? Going to be matched up against in that game? Somebody better or worse than this guy? Hundred uh, percent better. Okay. So why wouldn't you be nervous? I'm not about ner- this game. Oh, I'm sorry. Why wouldn't this game have made you go ooh the same way that I assume it did Chip Towers? Because I again. I have seen eyes on evidence that have shown me they can dominate against better competition than Andy Isabella. That's what I'm saying. I have seen them play. Uh, 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 well, Mizzou's not the best example. I was just going to say Mizzou. Um, that's I not just don't know the who greatest. the second and third wide receivers for Auburn are that are better than Andy Isabella. I'm just. Uh, I'm saying short of Alabama. Yeah. I don't know that the third string wide receiver on an SEC team other than Georgia and Alabama is better than this guy. This guy is very good. I've so seen like, so let me take Richard. I can't talk I can't talk about Webb 
I haven't seen eyes on enough and, and I don't know his personality enough. I do know LeCount's personality and I've seen eyes on him a bunch. Uh, when Richard LeCount gets burned one game, uh, he's a man on a mission to correct it the next couple weeks. So am I, am I okay with Richard getting toasted a little bit here yeah. and not playing? Well, I actually am because I've seen him come back and rebound and get a talking to and getting in the ear hole and saying, what are you doing, son? And him respond well. So I'm actually, I, I think- don't, I don't doubt his talent. I don't doubt his skill. I doubt maybe a little bit of focus and preparation and heart to stick through a game of a UMass. That won't be a problem for Alabama game. All right. That's I my do point. agree. This tape is not going to get mentioned at all this week because it's Georgia Tech week. It's Correct. all hands on deck preparing for this offense. But next week, yes, the UMass tape's coming out. Uh huh. And and Richard LeCount, among others, is going to have a sit down and say, "Hey, is this this performance is not going to cut it?" Uh, he's going to Daniel. Would you say that he might have to get out a candle, stare he into it for? To, he might need to. Light a candle. Yeah. Um, by the way, my wife's candle company wants to sponsor the podcast. So if we we just sign me up episode, because this episode brought to you. Let's. Bye. I mean, I mean, if you have not seen <laughs> Brown Fox Collective, go ahead, search that up. Go ahead, get out there and look at the candles because they're fantastic. That's right. Um, uh, all right I had one more name. Sorry, really oh, quick. I, I had a guy in Nashville Airport. I uh, had to go through security, you know, as everybody mm-hmm. does. TSA officer says, uh, what do you got in here? And I, I had taken home like three candles of your wife's from uh, from our trip out there. And uh, he, he's like, are these really candles? And he was kind of this rough and tough guy. And I was like, yeah, dude. And so he, he opens it up and he goes, <sighs> smells. And he goes, oh, that's really lovely. And I said, I, I know, man. He's like, is this here in Nashville? I was like, yeah, it is. And I go, dude, why, like, why don't you just keep that one? That one's yours. And he goes, oh, no, sir, I, I can't. That I can't take things from passengers. It, it looks bad, uh, but but what's the name again? My wife would love this. So uh, there you go. This episode, this episode brought to you by Brown Fox Collective. There you go. Candles. Um, holidays are coming up. Go buy, go buy your wife a candle from Brown go Fox get them, Collective. Uh, uh, all right, Daniel. The last name on the list that we need to get to. We must. Is get there? To. Is there anyone else? There's anyone one more name on the list. Game? Because Daniel. One more. The number Daniel, one. More. The number one more. If you are a Georgia fan and you are not thrilled to the bone about seeing Justin Fields play and throw the football, you don't have a pulse and you're lying. Look, you can be a, a Jake Fromm apologist all day long. We love Jake Fromm. This is nothing against him. But guys... Give just in talking about Jake from I'm not I I don't feel the need to talk positively or negatively about him. He's he's there. But you know who stopped the collective breath in Athens was Justin Fields stopped the collective breath. I'm still not over it. Clint. I'm not over it. That that throw. I've watched it 154 times and I'm not. I'm not ready to move on. I, I don't I'm not think over it. that. <clears throat> so if you don't know the play we're talking about, which you have to know, if you, if you don't if know you the play we're out, talking about, close your iPhone, shut it all down. Go away. It's been great. We've enjoyed having you these last 36 episodes. You're actually an but, Auburn fan at this point. If you don't know well, this throw, what are you doing with your, what life? are you doing? Uh, I don't think McCall, uh, Hardman knows when, when he was streaking down the field, I think he's, he heard 
hike. And the next thing he knew, he woke up in the end zone with the ball in his hands. I blacked out. So I don't know how I think he that's what blacked out in that. That ball traveled exactly 50 yards in the air. And it oh, got geez. there in a, in a quantity of time that this universe has never before experienced. Look, if you're a Doctor Who fan and you could tell me about I, – I don't, I don't watch the show, uh, but I know there's this box or teleportation or like phone booth thing. Maybe that's what we saw happen from, from, play, from the set of Hike to Justin Fields catapulting a football faster than I've ever seen a football fly through the air before. Let me tell you this, Clint. If a stray bird had somehow flown too low – we would have had a Randy Johnson situation. Randy Johnson obliterated a, a seagull with a fastball and then didn't blink. Justin Fields would have obliterated a, a hawk, uh, that is a condor. The velocity. And the ball still would have gotten to Hardman for the touchdown on time. Correct. Correct. There's no amount of resistance that uh, <laughs> a condor. You said. <laughs> oh. Guys, I mean... The, the it was in the it was a narrow frame on the drop back and yeah. the ball never left the frame of nope. the it didn't go up and out of the picture Mm-mm. that ball that ball never got more than 25 feet off the ground and he threw it 50 yards in the air normally when you see a, a play down the sideline on a go route 50 yards you're normally talking about dropping it in the bucket where where the the vertical descent of the ball <laughs> Is, is a steep, steep angle. Uh, we're not talking about that here with Justin Fields' throw. We're talking about just... A sniper hitting someone in the palm. That is the best way of saying it, yes. Yeah, that's just calculating the trajectory the bullet needs to take uh, on its seven-mile trip or whatever it is. That Correct, right. Uh, Guys, that if that throw... didn't give you the feels and that didn't elicit a reaction where you stood up blankly staring into watching physics be destroyed in the laws of, of our natural universe, then then I you... couldn't speak I couldn't speak for ten minutes. I was just I was beside myself. Uh, you know my never... favorite... Go ahead. I, yeah, my, my favorite part too about it was <laughs> Justin Fields after he threw it, just like walks off the field. Like Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, Kirby's asked about it and he goes, guys, we, we see that happen every practice. Every day. every day. You knew that Kirby was going to be so non-enthused about yeah. the, the, oh, talking yeah. about that reaction because he's just loving it. But inside, you know, he is just, he's loving it. Uh, my favorite part of it was that our boy, Stinchcomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great guy. Great Georgia Bulldog. Damn good dog. <laughs> Uh, the previous play. Do you remember what happened on the previous play? Uh, DeAndre Swift was out in the flat, and, he and missed, Justin yeah. Fields missed it badly. Yeah. And the words are still coming out of Stinchcomb's mouth. Sometimes he just puts way too much velocity on the ball, uh-huh. and as the words are coming out of his mouth, he's letting this ball go, and it is all the velocity, and. It is just a straight laser beam down the field. And yet, uh, yeah, not not too much velocity there. Just the nope, right amount. Nope, nope, also, nope. can we talk about one more Justin Fields play? Please do. Because he didn't just lead our team in passing in this game, Clint, no, which he, he did. did not. 
He also led our team in rushing in this mm-hmm. game. And my favorite run of Justin Fields' young career happened uh, two plays after he took a pretty hard hit. He did. And I received a text message from a good friend of mine, Clint, you. Mm-hmm. And um, do you remember what your text message said? I just want to give you a chance to to relay to the people if you remember what it was that you said. I don't remember what this one was. No. You said... Tell me, Daniel. In a very Stinchcomb-like manner, you said, as the play is being snapped, that he ran for 40 yards down the sideline and scored a touchdown on, as the play is being snapped, you sent me a text message and you said, he's hobbled. He's he needs to come out. He's he, that last hit has hurt him. He's hobbled. Now I, what I did say that. In my defense, he was limping back to the huddle. Mm-hmm. In my defense, and then he said, "Was he limping when he went down no. the sideline?" He said, "Screw it. You know what? I got another gear, and I'm not limping anymore. Try to stop me." And he went all out speed mode on us. Gosh. Um. He's got all the tools, and I've got all the feels. I'm thinking about this mm-hmm. guy. I mean, mm-hmm. just I'm feeling a lot of feelings mm-hmm. in my inside parts. So you know what? You know what? I just here's what I anticipate. Oh gosh, I don't know if this is true, Daniel. I don't know if this is true. So let me pose it as a question, since I don't know it's true. Could you foresee an instance in which, come the week of the SEC championship? Kirby Smart is asked, "Hey, what's the what's the QB situation heading into into Alabama?" And Kirby Smart reverses course and says, "You know, we really don't know right now. You know, we we're going to see who's who's going to come out, who's going to get the most snaps, who's going to get the most plays during the SEC Championship week. Do you think that's a possibility?" I think there's more bang for your buck. Well, it depends on what happens this week. If this week against Georgia Tech, we go back to a what Justin Fields did in the Auburn game, mm-hmm. if we, and and the rest of the season before that, if we if this week against a big a big opponent on a big stage, a must win game, uh, if we go back to Justin Fields, the entrenched backup, right, who occasionally plays. Then I think you get, which is what I think is going to happen, full disclosure. I can see a scenario where we get an even split against Georgia Tech and there's more snaps for Fields. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jake Fromm's going to get the majority of the snaps this week. If that happens, I think you get more bang for your buck as Kirby by, by trying to spring him on Alabama without yeah. talking about him than you do trying to make Alabama prepare for him and then not playing him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just I think. Do. So I, I don't know that you'll see that, but I could see. I mean, listen, do I like the fact that um, Nick Saban and whoever his minion is over there, that's their defensive coordinator now, uh, do I like the fact that they have legitimate things to prepare for? Absolutely. I do. 100%. I think that's, that only helps us. Um, okay. but, but I don't necessarily know that. That it'll be all that. Right. Um, all right, that's so, enough so about Daniel, UMass. Let's let's talk about Bama since let's we're talk here. About the SEC championship game, Clint. Uh, a week ago, 
you were on record as saying you were blood bank lock guaranteeing that we won this game by 40. Uh, is that, am I recalling that correctly? Uh, we're talking now, not UMass. We're now talking SEC championship. We're talking about Alabama. Transition. Okay. We're talking about Alabama. Uh, wow. Is that correct? Uh, because, because Daniel just went all teleportation Doctor Who on me. <laughs> all I, heard, I heard a shred of optimism and I just ran with it. That's yeah, what I did. Yeah, you did. I, I did. said that I was at a six or a seven of optimism mm-hmm. scale while you were at okay. a four on optimism scale. That Well, that's, Alabama, where you at, Daniel? Alabama this week um, took a dump in the bed. And it came out in the shape of the Citadel. The um, Citadel. So, I did that game, and did our game, I suppose, did that do anything positively or negatively to your feelings about the SEC Championship game? Clint, I'll just pose that simple question to you. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't hear you because I'm hopping in the locomotive heading straight for Titletown. Uh, leave me a message. <laughs> After the beep, because I'm, I'm gone, Daniel. I watched. So you're ready to lock it up. <laughs> Georgia uh, on what, the money line. I, well, I'm tell you what I'm locking up right now. I'm locking up us with the points guaranteed. I don't know what that line is right now today, but I'm locking that up right now, um, which is like 14 and a half, 13 and a half. Uh, Daniel, everything this week got me more and more and more thrilled confidence meter rising as we are hitting our stride perfectly at the right time everything is falling into place our players our skill our coaching our enthusiasm everything is hitting the right note for me at the right time to me there's only one takeaway from the alabama citadel game and i'll see if you agree or disagree um you can take away nothing regarding alabama's defense correct you may make no observation positively or negatively about the quality of Alabama's defense. It is look, here's the, here's the deal, it is guys. uncalled for. It is. It's it's wrestling and grease pig. You both look stupid. D- don't. You, you can't do that. Because guess what? Georgia Tech is going to run for 150 minimum against us. Oh, and they yeah. are going to score 14 points mm-hmm. minimum on rushing touchdowns against us. And I'm not saying Georgia Tech is obviously better than the Citadel, but uh, but the triple option is not it's not a thing. It's not no. a thing. So this is why teams can... run it because they can guarantee this sort of mitigation of big losses. Correct. You cannot make any observations about Alabama's defense this week. So what I feel, what I felt about Alabama's defense last week is the same that I feel about them now. Nothing has correct. <clears throat> Let me say this, and mm-hmm. I know that you just we might have a point of disagreement here. Tua did not look average in this game. He did to me, he did nothing that looked average. And here's why I say that. Every time he threw the ball, it was on time and on target, and it was to a wide open receiver. I, I don't so mind that. The, I don't the disagree Citadel with that. could not cover them. No. One iota. Alabama, Georgia scored on every one of its – Georgia didn't punt in, in the Correct. game against UMass. Alabama didn't have to punt. They could have not punted against the Citadel. Agree or disagree? Agree. If they wanted to, they could have scored on every possession because when he dropped back and threw the ball 15-plus yards down the field, a Pick guy was apart. wide open every time. So – 
I have no takeaways about Tua or the passing game in this game. No. I do have one takeaway, though, from this game, and it is extremely favorable for Georgia. Okay. Uh, Alabama, for two and a half quarters in this Mm -hmm. game, could not run the football against the Citadel. Period. Nope. Nope. Period. Uh, What's-his-face? Um... Their their number one back, Damien Harris. Yep. Uh, he had a he had a sixty five yard run down the sideline where he got hurt later was okay, but he had a big run down the sideline in the middle of the third quarter. Before that play, in the middle of the third quarter, Alabama had sixty to seventy yards rushing on the day. Before that play, in over a half of football against the Citadel in a game where they punted multiple times because they were trying to establish the run instead of taking the easy throws. They came out trying to run the ball, trying to dominate the line of scrimmage, and they couldn't do it against the Citadel. I don't care how many people were in the box. I don't care if they put 11 in the box. Right. Alabama should still be able to run the ball. You're Alabama, they're the Citadel. That's all that needs to be said about that. Because look, at the end of, at the, end of the day, um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Harbaugh here for a second. Uh, Harbaugh, when he was a coach of the Niners, one of the things he brought was this like really crazy, wacky run scheme that was actually wildly creative. He ran with the Niners all the way to the Super Bowl. This really wild, creative stuff. And it was successful. Um, and that was good for coaching and, and run schemes and traps and pulls and powers and all that's really, really great. But at the end of the day, Daniel, when you need to get three yards, the reason why you impose yourself on the running game, the reason why you started early and you keep it heavy, the reason why they call it body shots is because at the end of the day, all running the football is is beating the guy across from you and pushing them back to make space for your running back. That's that's it. It's one on one matchups. That's all that it's it is. One on one matchups. It's an Correct. offensive lineman against a defensive lineman getting off to the second level to a linebacker, opening up holes. It's it's creating lanes, it's pushing piles, it's it's fighting for extra yards at the end of yep. runs from backs. That's what running the football is, and Did- Alabama couldn't do it. They couldn't, they couldn't do it, do it the so Citadel. much so that they punted, that they that they they couldn't establish anything on offense. They nope. scored ten points. They scored ten points in the first half. They kicked a field goal in the red zone. Jeez. Because they couldn't score. Because they couldn't run the ball on the Citadel. So listen, I'm on record. I was on mm-hmm. record last week. You were starting to convince me because mm-hmm. you brought up some stats. You brought up some stats that. Alabama's rushing offense, not good. Not good. Our run defense, better than you think it is. Yep. Only getting better every day. Yep. And listen, stats-wise, is our again, is our run defense going to take a hit this week? 100% of it is. Oh, and is our, pass, is our passing defense going to go through the roof this week? 100% of it is. But there, if Alabama can't run the ball against us, Clint... I'm yeah. not going to say that they can't score with Tua and those wideouts. Because, listen, I just told you, Andy Isabella gave me a little indigestion. Because I was thinking immediately about Henry Ruggs, who is 50 times the player that Andy Isabella is. And so, 
are they going to score? But listen, they're not going to be streaking wide open every play like they were in the second half. I mean, in the third quarter, there was no difference. I mean, they booked that one big run. But the only difference in the third quarter was play calling. That they said, okay, fine, Tua, go throw it. And he did, and they scored touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And so, listen, they're not going to be doing that against us. They're not going to score a touchdown on every play. The guys aren't going to be streaking wide open. We're going to get Tua off his spot more than the Citadel could. Yep. But listen, if we can shut down the run and we can make them one-dimensional, I just, listen, keep talking. Keep talking, national Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. Keep it up. I don't care. Keep keep talking. Uh, I hope they beat Auburn this week. By 100 points. Oh, me too. Gosh, I hope they beat him by 100 points. Get all the attention over there all day long. Please, mm-hmm. oh please. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, the leading touchdown makers for Alabama this year. Wide receiver. Other than Tua. Other, sorry, yes. Taking yeah. taking him out. Not touchdown responsible for because Tua blows that out of the category. I'm talking about those who have ran or People received in the touchdown. end zone. Correct. People in uh, are wide receivers for Alabama. Oh, of course, that, of course, that they are. would not have surprised me one nope. bit. Not at all. Because again, Which, in my mind, that's the strength of their team. That's 100%. the best. It's the best unit on their entire team, including defensive line and safety. Oh, and hands like, down. You know, they've got those guys aren't draft eligible yet. Judy, Ruggs, and Waddle. None of them are draft eligible yet, and they're is, incredible. Which is gross. Uh, but all three of them are are first round draft picks. Hundred uh, percent. The thing that excites me, and we listed their names earlier. We listed the Otis Reese and the Tyndall, um, Adam Anderson. We listed those guys. If there's going to be a way, and again, I've I put eyes on Alabama a couple of times. Two is good. I'm not saying he's not good, but I am saying they do a lot. A stupid get get misdirection, play breaks down, get in the pocket, guy breaks back to the ball. And what that is, is it's not over-the-top coverage. Tua does that. Tua puts dimes, you know, 20, 50, 20, 30 yards down the field, and they're good. But the ones in which infuriate me is broken coverage underneath. Uh, yeah. Is is Otis Reese and, and Channing Tindall, uh, those guys athletic enough to keep up in broken plays and run around with some speed? We talked about the speed of the underneath coverage. They are more athletic and faster than what Alabama has seen before. I have hope in our underneath coverage. Look, especially after last year's uh, playoff game, uh, national championship game, uh, especially after last year, we're not getting beat over the top. I can guarantee you that. Uh, I hope. (laughs) I hope. uh, but the underneath broken play crap where Tua scrambles four yards to his left and, and, and dumps it off for 10 yards, I think is going to be shored up. Uh, it's I'm getting more and more excited as the game approaches. Cheese dip tastes good, Clint. It tastes so just, good, Daniel. I mean, it tastes good, man. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not even mad about it anymore. I can't even remember what a cleanse is. I don't. Honestly. <laughs> Nor do I want to. Honestly, the doctor, the doctor, advi- the doctor's advice is a distant memory at this point. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. They keep on calling for the follow-up checkup, and <laughs> turns out I'm not answering. Not answering. I'm too busy eating cheese dip. Uh, let's talk about Georgia Tech, Clint. Um, how do we talk about this game, Daniel? Like that's just gross, my question. How gross is Georgia Tech, though? Can we? Oh my gosh! Can we just take a minute. Georgia Tech didn't make it into our most obnoxious fan bases. Uh, because they're not in the SEC. 
But this fan base Ugh. is like a it's like the gnat that won't go that fly that keeps landing on your plate and it won't you can't quite get it because if you did you'd be smashing your hand into a plate full of nachos trying to kill this fly. Correct. Uh that's 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 Georgia Tech. That's this fan base. And here's the thing that's the most obnoxious about Georgia Tech is they this is the game and it's not even like Auburn. Okay? Auburn every year has a chance to beat Georgia and then they have a whole year to to say blah 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 we won this game blah blah blah. Yep. For Georgia Tech it's not even like that. No. All they have to do is win once every 5 years. And then they are perfectly happy uh-huh. to self-degrade themselves to the point of saying, it doesn't matter that you blew us out last year, but remember in 2016, the last time we were in Athens, Clint, the oh last gosh. time these two teams played in Athens, what happened? Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech won. You can't beat us in it. Like, no team, no team in America brags about head-to-head victories in a series that this that is this skewed, right? Like no, nobody, no one, nobody brags about how we beat you three years ago. But I nope. promise you, if Georgia if Georgia rolls in this game next year, Georgia Tech is going to be pointing to 2016 and saying. Yeah, but shame you couldn't beat us in 2016. Yep. What, like, even after we've gone to back-to-back SEC championships, possibly back-to-back college football playoffs, uh, this fan base doesn't care because they don't, they know they're not any good. They know they're not no. any relevant. And so they just, they just grasp onto anything that's there. Uh, the the only and, thing I have for Georgia Tech and the fan base is their, uh, their technical guy and and i don't mean that as technology i mean like you know you know the friend that you have the the gal or guy who you're having a discussion with and they go well technically mm. and then they fill in whatever's after that you know well they technically, fill in they fill in something but i stop listening i yeah exactly once that's my cue and i'm i'm done with the conversation that, right <laughs> so they you know they say well you can't you can't make a right hand turn off of main because of yada yada and they go well, technically you can, it's just illegal. And you're like, oh, okay. I, what are we talking about anymore, guys? Like, like, really? And, and then, they, then they say something like, you know, well, technically you're not supposed to. And then you're not supposed to, like, there's, there's yes or no. Like, stop, stop it with this. That's what Georgia Tech is. Well, you beat us last year in three years, but, but technically we're but- a rival because... But technically, oh my gosh, can't stand them. Um, that's all I got for this game, Daniel. I don't know how to talk I'll, about it any other way than it's just disgusting. Look, I'm gonna get in. We'll get into on, um, on Thursday. We'll get into our predictions for this game. I've got there's some there's some stats we'll get into. Um, give the people be, a little preview, Daniel, of the line. The line is it still at seventeen? It's at seventeen. Georgia is Georgia is favored by 17 points. So if you're not into the betting world, that means that Las Vegas expects Georgia to win by 17 points exactly, which would be like a 37 to 20, 38 to 21 type score. 
And and so if you're going to pick Georgia in this game, you have to choose whether or not they will win by more or less than 17 points. Correct. Um, you have an early lean in this uh, uh, in this game, Clint. No how's bet. The, how's the number no, 17? No bet. No money on this game for 17. No, thank you. No, the number 17 makes me a little nervous because this. Listen, this is a game that just it can easily get away from you on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, it can. And, and I'm snowball. not saying it, I'm not saying it will. I've got some stats. I've got some. I've got some things that I want to look at on Thursday's show, but. I'm not saying it will get away from us, but this is a game that could easily get away from us on the defensive side of the ball. And you end up with a situation where, you know, we fumble it once or twice, and all of a sudden it's it's a three-point game in the fourth quarter. Or, yeah. you know, like it's a tie game in the fourth quarter. It's just, it's not outside the realm of possibility. This is nope. a very hard team to shut down for four quarters. Correct. If not impossible. This is an extremely hard team to just do what we what we've done to Tennessee the last couple of years. So, this is this is not a game where that's even 41 to nothing is not possible in this game. We'll go ahead on record and say it's not possible. I just I just thought of a, a fun question to ask you uh, that makes this game relevant to me. Hypothetical. Okay. Which one would you rather have? We okay. beat Georgia Tech easily. We go to the SEC Championship game and we lose a close one. Or we lose to Georgia Tech, have two losses on the season, and beat Alabama for the SEC championship. Which one would you rather have? I'm sorry. Is take my own life a a third choice? (laughs) Because. This is the reality I've set you in and you must live in it. You have just presented me with. Is the reason. Is the reason I can't sleep at night. It is the reason that Sophie's choice right here, people. I will probably quit sports for the rest of my life. Just I will never again watch a sports ball game for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, Oh, jeez. Gosh, that is foul, and I reject this reality entirely. So that being said, uh. I would rather I'm I'm going to put some stipulations on it. Okay. I would rather lose to Georgia Tech and beat Alabama mm-hmm. with this with the stipulation that in this scenario they don't make Alabama the... does not make the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as it's because that's that's two wins, losing win beating Georgia Tech and losing to Alabama is one win, but if we lose Georgia Tech and beat Alabama, that's a win in the SEC champion. We are SEC champions, and Alabama does not have any hopes of winning the national championship, and that's two wins. And so, give me two wins over one win any day of the week. And plus, that at the end of the day, uh, again, well documented. Neither of us are SEC homers in the least. I do not care if the SEC never wins another national championship for the sure. rest of time, save for Georgia. Um, and so I don't care about, you know, if Oklahoma goes on to win the national championship, who cares? Sure. Uh, but Alabama will not, and they will have finished the season, objectively speaking, below Georgia in the ranking or in the standings. 
And so the SEC standing. So I'll take that scenario, but I reject you and all people who are like you. Wow. For forcing me to consider you just, that I'm reality. Just, you, you people, I rebuke you. Just, you. Did you I just you, you people me, Daniel? Yes. Yeah. I yeah, absolutely did. did. And you people know who you people are. <laughs> who come at me with your stupid hypotheticals. Well, I'm not this is this is my life, people. I'm not not interested in your games. Daniel is uh, looking for cheese dip. I'm already on the hunt. I'm already I have got the Mexican restaurant phone number pulled up. Currently, as soon as we hang up this call, I am placing an order. It's on the way. Oh, all right. All right, guys. So that's it. We will be back on Thursday with our locks with a full in-depth preview of our prediction for what's going to happen mm-hmm. with the Georgia-Georgia Tech game. We will look at maybe a few other rivalry games happening around the country. It's a big weekend for college football. I hope you are somewhere where you can enjoy it. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving we will be back on Thanksgiving Day with yeah, our will. locks as normal. So as you're eating your turkey, you can lay down some bets. Look, here's the deal, people. I know you need an excuse to get away from your family on Thanksgiving to listen to the locks episode. Just go ahead, do yourself a favor, download it, and and pretend like you're on the phone on a call. Don't That's put right. your earbuds in. Com- I got a conference call. Got a conference call, conference guys. Call at work. Got to listen Sorry, on gotta, in. Got to make it. Got to make it happen. Yep. Because uh, I need to know what's going to happen in the Egg Bowl and who Daniel <laughs> yes. and Clint are putting their money on. Yes, you do. Um, uh, all right, guys. We will talk to you then. See ya.